104.5 WPTI, the Piedmont's News Talk and Sports Station. This is the Wealth Guardian Show. My name is Doug Ray. As if you don't have enough to worry about already, you also need to worry about paying higher taxes. You know, some experts have suggested that tax rates are going to have to double just to keep this country solvent. If tax rates go up, how much of your hard-earned money will you really get to keep? In David McKnight's groundbreaking book, The Power of Zero, How to Get to 0% Tax Bracket and Transform Your Retirement, he provides you with a step-by-step roadmap on how to get to the 0% tax bracket, effectively eliminating tax rate risk from your retirement picture. Why is the 0% tax bracket so powerful? Because if tax rates do double, then two times zero is still zero. The day of reckoning is fast approaching. Get ready to do what it takes to experience the power of zero. You know, just uh, in in today's news headlines, I mean, we're seeing the day of reckoning in Greece. Uh, you know, they've been in austerity measures now for, for years. And, uh, and, and still, that country's not fixed. I've said on this show repeatedly over and over again over the years, they're never going to get fixed. Um, at, at the way they're going. I mean, they, you just cannot continue to, to heap debt on top of debt and, and hope and pray that that solves a problem. It never does. You know, before I bring David in here, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, uh, last week's show. We got a lot of, uh, calls, uh, regarding Tim Wood and his analysis and so forth. And, and I just want to emphasize a few things, even though the market's been, uh, uh, going up and, and, uh, and, because of the situation seems to be resolving itself in, in Europe and, and, uh, China seems to be coming around too. Don't, don't take your eyes off the ball, folks. I mean, we still have, uh, three of those five DNA markers are still set up. Um, in fact, uh, the market is still in a very vulnerable state. We, we, yes, we've had rising price, but we had lower and lower volume too. So that's always, uh, an indicator that, uh, we've got some, some underpinnings in this market that just aren't quite, they're just not normal. They're just not quite right. So do not get complacent. Do not take your eyes off the ball. Um, it could, it could change, it could change in a heartbeat overnight. You know, um, I think we're going to be okay through the summer months, but it's the fall that I'm, I'm concerned about. You know, September historically is always, has always been a tough month. In fact, it is the worst month statistically, uh, for the stock market. And, uh, you know, we got, we got a lot of things that are brewing that uh, could make this September, uh, an interesting, an interesting time for us. Well, let me go ahead and, and, uh, and introduce, uh, Mr. McKnight. Um, you know, we, we actually had David on this show and it's been almost a, um, uh, a year ago, David's a nationally recognized author, speaker, mentor, and retirement strategist. He speaks frequently to groups from across the country on the subject of tax advantage retirement and is a regular contributor to a number of national magazines. In 2014, David was a focused speaker at the worldwide meeting of the Million Dollar Roundtable in Toronto. David is also the author of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Power of Zero how to get to a 0% tax bracket, and transform your retirement. That book has received praise from the former Comptroller General of the United States. Can you believe that? The former Comptroller General, the Honorable David Walker, founder of CEO of Ensmark, Bob Ritter, and some others. 
have complimented David on his book. Well, David, welcome back. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you back on the show again. I mean, it's almost a year ago to the day that you were you were last on our show. And, uh, you know, I, I believe so strongly in this power of zero, this idea of, of trying to get as close to a 0% tax bracket as, as you possibly can, because I, I fully believe that taxes are headed higher. Yeah, it's, you know, David Walker, and this is a point that I bring up in my book, you know, David Walker was on a radio show uh, touting his book. A little bit about David Walker, 2008, he resigned as the comptroller general of the federal government. I mean, he basically said, look, you guys are like the Titanic, and and you're heading for for an iceberg, and I've been telling you for 10 years to shift course, and you won't listen to what I'm telling you. So I'm going to re- I'm going to resign. And so what David Walker did is he started to crisscross the country, raising the warning cry to whoever would listen. And uh, in the process of doing so, he wrote a book, and that book was called Comeback America, in which he kind of diagnosed the problem and kind of outlined some solutions. And he appeared on NPR uh, in 2010 to talk about the book, and uh, he told the radio show hostess that uh, tax rates had to double to keep our country solvent, and she didn't believe him. And so uh, he said, look, I can give you a one four-letter word that explains why tax rates have to double. And uh, she tried to guess what it was, and she couldn't guess what it was. So they opened up the phone lines, and people started to call in, and nobody could guess what the one four-letter word was uh, that explains why tax rates have to double. People were you know, talking wars, debt, kids, what have you. Um, but the, the answer is math. Math is the one four-letter word that explains why tax rates have to double. What does that mean? Well, basically what he's saying is, if you're, it's like a household. If you're if you're spending a hundred grand, but you're only bringing in fifty, you either have to double what you have coming and cut in half what's going out, or some combination of the two. So, math is the explanation for why uh, tax rates have to go up. So, if 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 your audience members out there are feeling this sort of gnawing at the pit of their stomach, and they think the tax rates are going to go up, and they're not sure why. Well, David David Walker has really diagnosed the problem. In essence, he's, he calls it unfunded obligations, which in essence is we promise way more than we can afford to deliver for Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, um, a number of other unfunded obligations. And then we've got $18.5 trillion of debt that's going to grow by $3 trillion per year every year till it hits about $53 trillion, and, and that's a significant moment because when we have $53 trillion of debt, at that point, all of the revenue coming in will only be enough to pay the interest on that debt, uh, let alone any principal, let alone any, uh, you know, a single dollar for Social Security, Medicare, or Medicaid. So we've gotten ourselves into a pickle. We've kind of painted ourselves into a corner, and at this point, we either have to adopt uh, the same measures that Greece uh, has adopted where we dramatically cut back on Social Security and Medicare, or we have to raise more revenue. And, and most people think that it's, for politicians, it's easier to raise revenue uh, than it is to start cutting back on some of these benefits. So so the natural answer seems to be that within the next 10 years, tax rates have to rise dramatically. So David, when he resigned back in 2008, and I'm talking about uh, David Walker, um, the the national debt, the, not the unfunded part, just the one that they'll, they'll, they admit to was uh, less than $10 trillion at that time, and now it's more than doubled. And he resigned back then because of – I guess he was protesting it. You know, I give a lot of talks myself to, to, to people, and one of the things I ask them is I say, do, do you think taxes will be higher in, in the future? And almost everybody says, yes, they do. And then I ask them, I said, you know – 
Right now, the highest marginal tax rate is something like, uh, what, 39.5%, I think it is. Right. And uh, I said, do you know what the highest marginal tax rate has been at, at its most, its peak in this country? And nobody really knows this. But it was right after World War II. It was over 90%. And people just, I mean, their mouths fly open. They can't believe it. 90%. And I said, well, listen, you know, just to, when Ronald Reagan took office, it was it's 70%. So if it has been at 90 and it was at 70 just recently in recent history, then obviously it could, it has room to go up from where it is now. So don't you want to start thinking about some tactics to control your taxes in the future? Right, you know, I tell people this all the time. You are at the you are likely at the lowest tax rate that you will likely experience in your lifetime. I mean, we've had historic, you know, I, I tell people that the uh, Congressional Budget Office actually came out with tax rates, hypothetical tax rates, how high taxes would have to go to keep all of these, uh, these social programs solvent, um, these safety nets that the government has. And um, essentially what they came back saying was, look, our current 15% tax bracket's got to go up to 25, nothing, nothing apocalyptic there, but the 25% tax bracket would have to go up to 63 and the, uh, the, the 35% tax bracket would have to rise t- uh, to an astounding 88%. And, and people say, well, there's no way that the government would ever do that. I mean, they, they, they want to keep their jobs. And I say, look, you don't have to go very far back in history to find tax rates that were exactly that high. If you go back to 1960 to 1963, the lowest marginal tax bracket was 15%. The middle tax bracket was about 60 and the highest one was, was 91 So uh, what, what do they say, Doug, about, uh, about history? Yeah, exactly. Has, has a tendency to repeat itself. So, uh, you know, this is a road we've been down before. Tax rates have been kind of coming down ever since the Reagan era. But we've kind of turned the corner here, Doug. And, uh, you know, in, in 2013, January 1st, 2013, that 35% tax bracket went up to 39.6. And that highest marginal tax bracket is kind of the canary in the mine. It's kind of the barometer. And it kind of lets us know what all the other tax rates are, are doing. So I like to keep my eye on that highest marginal tax bracket because as it goes up, the other ones tend to go up as well. You know, David, we're uh, we're up against a break, and when we come back, I want to uh, to get into your book a little bit, uh, the power of zero, and talk about some of the tactics that uh, that we can use to control our taxes in the future, because I think it's critical that people learn some of these strategies. And uh, you know, this is the Wealth Guardians Radio Show. If you just joined us, and uh, we also are on the on the web at thewealthguardians.com, and also like us on Facebook now. We'll be back in a moment with more Wealth Guardians. Ninety-four point five WPTI, the Piedmont's News Talk and Sports Station. This is the Wealth Guardian Show. My name's Doug Ray. Where it's all about the health, wealth, and freedom you need to live life your way. Today's special guest is David McKnight. He's the president of David McKnight and Company and author of Amazon's best-selling book, The Power of Zero, How to Get to the 0% Tax Bracket. You know, I'm having David back on the show again. We had him about a year ago um, because I think this is an incredibly important conversation for us to have. I try to have it with all my clients. We try to create as much tax-free retirement income as we possibly can because the fact of the matter is every day our debt piles up higher and higher to the point where inevitably 
tax rates under what it doesn't matter what administration you elect into office uh, tax rates are going to have to go up now david uh, for listeners that didn't hear the last time tell them what led you to write the power of zero well you know it's uh you know about 20 years ago bill clinton stood before the nation in the state of the union address and he says i've got great news our national debt is simply zero. Uh, of course, he doesn't tell you that he had to raise Social Security to pay it down. But the point is, 20 years ago, and basically in 1997, we had uh, no national debt, which is a landmark sort of a, a moment in, in our country's history. Well, guess what's happened since then? I mean, we've we've accumulated an, a staggering amount of money. We have accumulated more more debt. Than, and, and than all of the money spent in the history of our country up to this moment. We've got $18 trillion of debt. And, and the thing that is just astonishing to me is that given uh, debt and, and its trajectory and given where tax rates are likely going to have to go to liquidate all that debt, it's just astonishing to me that people continue to save the lion's share of their assets in what we call tax-deferred retirement vehicles like 401ks and IRAs. And the reason that's, that's astonishing to me is because, in essence, when you put money into a 401k or IRA, it's kind of like going into a business partnership with the IRS. And every year, the IRS or the federal government gets to vote on what percentage of your profits they get to keep. I mean, it doesn't sound like a great business partnership to me. So, for example, you could have a million dollars in your IRA uh, but le- unless you can predict what tax rates are likely to be in the year you take that money out, you don't really know how much money you have. And it's pretty hard to plan for retirement if you don't know how much money you have. And so the message I'm really trying to get out to people is that the old paradigm, this whole idea that we're going to be in a much lower tax bracket in retirement than we were during our working years, that's an outdated paradigm. We have to kind of adjust our paradigm based on the trajectory of our country and its fiscal sort of uh, problems. And so the whole intent of the book is to say, hey, look, we've got this old, outdated paradigm. Let's update our paradigm. Let's start re, uh, start shifting dollars from these highly taxable accounts. Get them to tax-free accounts. You will have to pay tax, but you'll do it at historically low tax rates so that by the time tax rates rise dramatically down the road, you've done all the heavy lifting, you paid the piper, and then you can enjoy a tax-free retirement. You know, you're so correct about um, the old paradigm. I, mean, I can when you were talking, I remembered back when I first got into this business back in the late '80s, early '90s. It was just commonly taught to us that uh, yeah, when you retire, you're going to be in a lower tax bracket because you're not earning as much money. But you know, clearly that uh, that's outdated thinking. And um, you know, I agree with you. We we're going to talk about some strategies in a little bit uh, that that'll get us close to that zero percent tax bracket. But you know, people. When I talk to them about tax-free income and retirement, getting to a 0% tax bracket, you know, they, they look at me and they, it's not possible. It, it can't happen. But, you know, you wrote that book clearly showing people that, yes, you can get to a 0% bracket. Um, you know, why has the average person not heard about this before? You know, I think, uh, you know, this is sort of an interesting uh, question and um, let's take let me give an example I don't want to pick on any one financial institution in particular but we know that 
um, a lot of these financial institutions out there, if they're if they're managing your money, uh, let's just pick a nice round number. Let's say they're managing a million of your dollars. It could be five hundred, whatever. Um, and they're char- and, and they're typically charging you a fee, and that fee is typically one percent per year. So if they're managing a million of your dollars, they may be uh, charging you ten thousand dollars a year to manage that money and make it grow. Uh, well, if they were to persuade you that tax rates in the future were likely to be higher than they are today, you might just feel compelled to shift that money to a tax-free investment like a Roth IRA. Um, and if you did so, you would likely have to pay taxes along the way. And let's say that the taxes that you paid, if you if you if you shifted in the right way and you and you stayed in a lower tax bracket, let's say that you paid uh, 25% tax on those cumulative conversions over the year. So by the time they're done with you, you only have $750,000 in your tax-free bucket. Well, that's that's a great amount of money to have in your tax-free bucket in a rising tax rate environment, especially if tax rates were to go up to 50% like David Walker's predicting. But what does that mean for the financial management institution, the money management institution? Basically what that means is that if they're still making 1% off of your money, they're now only making 1% off of 750000 which is $7,500 a year. So didn't they just give themselves a pay cut for persuading you that tax rates in the future were likely to be higher than they are today? And, and that's kind of why most and most mainstream circles um, these these money management institutions don't want to touch this conversation with a 10-foot pole. And so what, what we say is we're not so much concerned with what, what you have. We're concerned with what you actually get to spend after tax because that's the only amount that really matters. Seems like it's all about the fee, isn't it? If you you, uh, just joined us, uh, we are talking today with David McKnight. He is the president of David McKnight & Company and also the author of The Power of Zero, How to Get to a 0% Tax Bracket. We're going to talk some strategies uh, and tell you folks some of the things that David and I try to do in our our practice to help folks get to that 0% tax bracket. Probably won't get into that till the next segment, so hang in there and stay with us. Um, You know, the fee. I tell most of my clients that 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 is Wall Street's main focus. And I I tell everybody, they're not going to, at the top of a market, they don't ring a bell and tell you to get out because they want you to stay in regardless. They want that fee. They can't charge you a fee if they put you in a, you know, a a money market position that's, that's sheltered from, from the market downturn. And, uh, you know, it, it, there are tools and strategies out there that we do use to, um, learn when the market's topped out or, or heading in, into a corrective phase. One of the one of the things the institutions use is, is the uh, uh, 50-day moving average crossing be- below the 200-day moving average. It's quite, quite known, but they don't tell mom-and-pop America about this. So let's get back to this, um, this idea of getting to this uh, zero tax bracket. You know, you've done a lot of study. You've, you've talked with um, – uh, David Walker about this. Like I said the, in the last segment, there is there is almost no way that taxes cannot go up in the future. How certain are you of that, David? Well, you know, I the, the reason why you know I start off my book uh, with a reference to David Walker because I think that when you start talking about this, you can't just conjecture. You can't just say, "I've got this." you know, feeling in my bones that tax rates are going to go up. We like to base it on sound math, and I think that we like to uh, we like to refer to people that are much smarter than us. And so David Walker has certainly been one of the people that we've referenced over the years. There's a guy, uh, you know, a Ph.D. Um, out of Boston University named Lawrence Kotlikoff, who is 
who actually thinks that the, that the situation is much worse than what David Walker is saying and, and that, that um, uh, he has understated the problem. So um, we, we try to reference uh, studies and opinions of people that, that uh, are in there behind the scenes and they've taken a look at the books of the United States government and they've got a, a very good sense. You know, David Walker famously said, hey, look, you know, I, you know, if you're if you've studied history and you're good at math, you know that tax rates have to dr- rise dramatically. So it's a simple mathematical uh, thing, and so I try not to inject too much conjecture into it, and try to rely upon people that that are good at math and that have studied history and that know um, exactly what's going on behind the scenes, uh, and that informs a lot of what we tell our clients. Yeah, it really does. I mean. The, the you know, a lot of times I send people to a certain website, uh, usdebtclock.org. I'm sure you've been on it, and, and I think you've oh, even sure. cited it in your book. Uh, it is startling to look at those numbers. And one of the things that uh, uh, you can do when you get on that website and, and look at these uh, these numbers is, is if you move your, your, your cursor, your mouse over the number, it actually shows you where the source is that those numbers are coming from. And most of them are government agencies that they source uh, the numbers from. It's it's stunning. I mean, you watch this thing. I mean, it's it's just like I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, the numbers are just flying through the air. And if you look at that long enough, you have to realize that you're right. It's the math. It's the math behind this. We taxes will have to go up. Otherwise, we're going to end up, I guess, turning into a banana republic. Yeah. yeah I mean. If you really want to see something scary, uh, that same debtclock.org has got a function up on the upper right-hand corner where you can change the date to see what the debt was, say, back in 2000. And back in 2000, the debt was, um, uh, I think the debt was about $5 trillion, and um, the interest that we were paying on that was only $250 billion. Um, if you look at what we're paying today, we're only paying uh, possible that we could be paying the same interest today on $18 trillion that we were back in 2000 when, when the debt was only $5 trillion. And the thing that you got to realize is that back in 2000, interest rates were at a historically normal level. Right now, they are at a historically abnormal level. They've never been this low in the history of our country. And if all interest rates do is go back up to historically normal levels, the interest we're going to owe on that debt is going to be triple or quadruple what we're paying now. And at that point, there's no choice but to raise taxes. That's the mathematical reality of it. David, I'm glad you brought that point up because, uh, you know, I I work pretty much exclusively with retirees, and they're the ones that have historically – you know, had their money in safe vehicles like CDs and money markets. And for the last six, seven years, well, ever since the Great Recession, I mean, they have been killed with these low interest rate environments we're living in. But, you know, the Fed has put themselves, I mean, they put themselves in a corner, really, because, you know, Janet Yellen's out of one mouth talking about raising rates uh, this fall. But at the same time, just like you mentioned, if rates go up too much, then, um, you know, the 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 debt, the, the the interest that they're going to have to pay for the amount of debt is going to be I- impossible to manage. You know, we're up against a break here, but when we come back, David, I want us to go into some actual strategies and tactics that uh, that our listeners can use uh, to, to help get themselves to a 0% tax bracket. And, and by the way, uh, if you're listening to the program right now, I want you to go to David's website. It's the power of 0% dot com. 
Uh, you might even want to go on Amazon and order his book, The Power of Zero and How to Get to the Zero Percent Tax Bracket. You can always get some information from our website at thewealthguardians.com. And now we're on Facebook, too, so go there and like us. This is The Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray on 94.5 WPTI, the Piedmont's News Talk and Sports Station. WPTI, the Piedmont's News Talk and Sports Station. This is the Wealth Guardian Show with Doug Ray, where it's all about the health, wealth, and freedom. You need to live life your way. Today we've been talking about uh, 0% tax rates. Yep, how to get there. My guest is David McKnight. He is the president of David McKnight & Company and the author of the Amazon best-selling book, The Power of Zero and How to Get to the 0% Tax Bracket. We've been talking about taxes today, how we believe that tax rates are going to have to rise in this country uh, in order to uh, just keep pace with this mounting debt that uh, that we've been racking up. Uh, and uh, there are some tactics out there that, uh, that David writes about in his book. I try to use them in my practice. I use them myself. Uh, and we're going to talk about those in just uh, just a few minutes. Um David, some strategies out there, I think a lot of people know about the Roth account. Not that, well, I don't want to say not that many, but a good portion of those folks out there don't utilize a Roth IRA. Let's talk about a Roth IRA for a minute and some of the pros and the cons of the Roth account. Sure, you bet. Yeah, so a Roth IRA is uh, it's an essentially an account that, that has been established for Main Street America. It allows you, if you're under 50 years old, allows you to put in $5,500 per, per person, so, so that'd be 11000 per couple. And if you, uh, you're over, over 50, you have a catch-up provision that would allow you to put in 6500 each for a total of 13000 if you're a married couple. Um, so, so, you know, Bill Gates can't do a Roth IRA. If you start making north of about $193,000 of adjusted gross income, you can no longer do a Roth IRA. And then conversely, uh, my kids, the oldest of whom is 13, can't do Roth IRAs either because in order to do a Roth, to do a Roth IRA, you got to have earned income. you got to be working somewhere uh, earning a paycheck. And, and like, likewise, if you're retired, uh, drawing money from Social Security, a pension, an IRA, but you're not working anywhere, you can't do a Roth IRA. So a Roth IRA is, is a specifically established for mainstream working America, you got to have the right uh, income and you, uh, you can only put a prescribed amount in. And so, um, so the Roth IRA can benefit you, but if you're the type of person that makes more than 193000 or you have more to save than 13000 per year, it can be tough to have that 13000 be very impactful for you. So, you know, we run across clients that might make more than 193000 Say They say, hey, look, I got a lot of money I want to stash somewhere, and the Roth IRA isn't an option or it's not enough for me. So we have to start looking at other options. But, you know, I tell people that if you qualify for a Roth IRA, that's as good as it gets. I mean, not a year should go by where you are not fully funding your Roth IRA. The Roth IRA is a great place to put money because number one, so long as you're 59 and a half, it doesn't get taxed under any circumstances. And 
When you take money out of your Roth IRA, it does not cause your Social Security to be taxed. That's the big hang-up about 401ks and IRAs. When you take money out, it, it uh, turns into what's called provisional income, which is the income the IRS keeps track of to, de- uh, to determine if your Social Security is going to be taxed. When you take money out of Roth IRAs or Roth conversions, it does not count as provisional income and does not cause your Social Security to be taxed. So if you if you want... Uh, to have a third, up to a third of your Social Security eaten up by taxes, then all you got to do is save all of your money in retirement and Roth, or, pardon me, in, in IRAs and 401ks. If you want to get your Social Security tax-free, you can only have a carefully prescribed amount of money in your IRAs and 401ks. Everything else needs to spill over into those tax-free accounts like Roth IRAs, uh, Roth conversions, and we'll talk about some other ones uh, later here. You know, I know if I mention the name Ed Slot to you, you you know that name. But uh, sure. for our listeners who who don't know, Ed Slot's a CPA. He's also in the last, I guess, fifteen twenty years become uh, well known as probably the uh, uh, best source for IRA Roth IRA uh, information out there. I'm a member of his uh, advisor uh, program, and you know, one of the concerns, David, I I've had over the years knowing that taxes are going to have to go up in the, in the future, is uh, my concern was was the Roth IRA. Were they going to do away with the Roth IRA? And that topic came up at um, the last Ed Slot meeting I attended, and, and he believes that uh, the, the Roth IRA will stay. Uh, but one of the concerns he has is they're going to do away with the stretch concept of the IRA. That is the ability for a non-spousal beneficiary to inherit uh, your your IRA, because just as recently, I think, as 2000 is when they changed that rule. Prior to that, a non-spousal beneficiary had to empty the IRA account in a five-year period of time, thus making, you know, those taxable distributions. Do you have anything uh, to add to that? Any thoughts? Well, the only thing I would add to that is, you know, the worst possible place you could have your money when you die Nobody likes to think about when they're going to die, but it, you know, let's be realistic here. If you have the lion's share of your assets in an IRA or 401k when you die, that's the worst possible place to have it because <clears throat> now your heirs get to inherit it. Um, and let's say you're a 65-year-old and your kids are 30 or 35. Um, think about think about it this way: when they, when you die in 30 years, they're going to be 60. They'll likely be at at the apex of their earning years at a period in time when tax rates are likely to be much higher than they are today. Now they get to inherit all of this money all in one year, and that gets piled right on top of all their other income. And so it could be very, very easy for them to give up uh, or for them to lose 50% of that inheritance to tax. And so what we say is, hey, look, if you're at a 15 or a 25% tax bracket today, why not shift money out of that IRA, get it into a Roth IRA? Maybe you shift only up to the 28% uh, tax bracket limit, um, which is a, about 148000 But I'll tell you what, uh, 28% is not all that much worse than 25. It's only 3% worse. And so if you have to pay 28% tax on a Roth conversion, that may not be the end of the world because what you're doing is you're safeguarding your children from having to pay taxes at much higher tax rates uh, somewhere down the road. So I always tell people, look, if you're unless you're planning on bouncing the check to the undertaker when you die, and, you, and you're planning on, you know, passing money on to the next generation, the best possible type of account to pass that on to the next generation is a tax-free account because you've already paid the piper and your beneficiaries get it all tax-free. 
I so agree with that. You know, uh, you talked a moment ago about how um, to contribute to a Roth account, the um, you, you're limited in terms of uh, of your uh, your income status, and uh, but a conversion from an IRA to a Roth, anybody can do that, regardless of how much money they make, and they changed that uh, rule back in 2010. So I talk to my clients all the time about converting uh, to an IRA. The the pushback that I get, of course, is it's a tax liability when you do that. And then I've noticed that people will say, well, my CPA says not to do that because I may not benefit from that. And, you know, my thinking is that CPAs, they're so focused on limiting your tax liability today they don't think ahead 5, 10, 15 years in the future where taxes may be then and the benefit that converting your IRA to a Roth today would, would derive somebody. What do you think about that? Let me let me tell you a quick story. I talk about this in my book. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was watching a cartoon. I was watching um, The Roadrunner. And, of course, the, the coyote is always trying to kill The Roadrunner. And in this particular episode, he was uh, building a bomb made by Acme, of course, right, um, inside a shed that was also made by Acme. And he was so intent and focused on finishing this bomb that he didn't realize that the uh, that the roadrunner had pushed his little shed onto a train track. And if you've seen the episode, that you, you know that he didn't realize until the very last moment that there was a huge freight train that was bearing down on him. And here's the interesting part. When he realized that that freight train was bearing down on him, Instead of jumping out of the way, what does he do? He simply pulls down the window shade, thinking that the act of doing so would make the problem go away, right? Well, the problem didn't go away, and there was a huge explosion, and, of course, the coyote never really dies, but uh, you, kind of, you kind of get the idea, kind of walked away, you know, very much the worse for wear. I think that that is probably the most perfect analogy that I've seen for how a lot of people deal with the prospect of rising taxes. I mean, let's face it, tax rates in the future are, are likely, mathematically at least, have to be much higher than they are today. And if you're an accountant, you are very much historically sort of oriented. You, you know, you get to the CPA at the end of the year, you push your box of receipts across the table and you say, how much do I owe? So it's kind of like that, that, that medical surgeon who, who, who marches out across the, the battlefield and tells you how many people died and how many people were injured, you know, once the battle is over. What we say is, hey, look, you got two choices. You can either pay your taxes now at historically low tax rates, or you can postpone the payment of those taxes till somewhere down the road, roll the dice, fingers crossed, and hope that tax rates in the future are either the same or lower than they are today, which of course is mathematically impossible. So when we put our financial future in the hands of someone who is sort of inherently historically focused, then what we're going to get is we're going to get the type of advice that will force us to pay higher taxes down the road. And so um, there are, of course, a couple of CPAs out there that get it, and they <clears throat> are in the, the tax planning business as opposed to the tax reporting business. And so um, I think you just have to make sure that you have that type of CPA if you're doing this type of planning that um, sort of jives with what we're talking about here. You know, I loved your uh, Roadrunner analogy, and uh, you brought up uh, the Acme uh, company, and, and I know you're up in Wisconsin. I'm a big Green Bay Packer fan, and, I, and uh, of course, the Packers got started from the Acme Packing Company. So they sure just, did. <laughs> just a little tidbit of trivia there for our, yeah. for our listening audience. You know, it's back to converting from an IRA to a Roth. I, I, I do talk to my clients about doing that little bracket bump technique. Every year, convert enough. You know, to get you right up underneath but not into the next tax bracket. And over time, you'll get your IRAs uh, converted. 
And there's a, another technique that we use, too. We have a strategy that we use at, a, at our office that we can actually get a third of your IRA converted and uh, do it without you having to pay taxes. In fact, we get the new IRA custodian to pay the tax. Now, if that's something that interests you, I want you to call our office at 336-391-3409, and we'll talk about that strategy and how how that might be uh, something that um, that uh, you might employ in in your own tax uh, tax planning. You know, David, I, I'm gonna we're coming up on a break here pretty soon. I want to I want to get into some other another strategy that I absolutely love, and I know you promote in your book. But a lot of people, especially financial advisors, think it's a little bit controversial. And what I'm talking about is using life insurance as a way to create tax free income. Now, this is something I've done for for myself. I've done it for my wife. Uh, and when we come back from the break, I'm going to tell you about that strategy and how it's uh, it's going to work for us. I've done it for clients as well. And then another strategy, we're talking about tax efficiency, is for those of you with IRAs that have to take an RMD and you don't actually need the RMD to live on, uh, you might want to think about taking that RMD and buying a life insurance policy to leverage your estate, your tax-free estate in uh, in the near future. Well, you're listening to The Wealth Guardians with Doug Rail, 94.5 WPTI, the Piedmont's news, talk, and sports station. WPTI, the Piedmont's News Talk and Sports Station. This is the Wealth Guardian Show. My name's Doug Ray, where it's all about the health, wealth, and freedom you need to live life your way. Today's guest has been David McKnight. He is the president of David McKnight & Company and the author of The Power of Zero, How to Get to a 0% Tax Bracket. Last segment, uh, we were talking about Roth IRAs and converting to a Roth IRA. I mentioned that a couple of strategies that we use in our practice uh, to help people convert to the to the Roth IRA is a bracket bump technique where we convert enough every year to get you right up underneath the next tax bracket. And what that does over time is it not only converts your your Roth IRA or your IRA to a Roth IRA, uh, but it does it at the lowest possible, most efficient tax uh, uh, brackets possible. And you know, our conversation to, in today's show has been centered around the fact that the thought process that taxes will be higher in the future. So the more tax-free income that you can create uh, is going to be so critical for your financial well-being in, in retirement. That uh, that bracket bumping technique is uh, is truly a, a neat way to, to get your um, get your monies converted over. Because if, once you convert to a Roth IRA. Um, it grows tax-free. When you take it out, it comes out tax-free, and you do not have to take a required minimum distribution uh, when you're 70 and a half. And the other thing David mentioned is it's a certain level of income. Your Social Security gets taxed, and uh, distributions from a pension and a, and a regular IRA or a 401K count towards the calculation of uh, of your Social Security tax. Distributions from a Roth do not. 
Now, David, I want to get you back in here because I want to talk about another strategy here in the in the last segment and how to create tax free income. And and uh, and it's controversial, at least in our field, in the in the, for fa- financial advisors. Some of us believe in it, um, you know, hundred percent. Others don't. But uh, what I'm speaking of is using a life insurance policy um, to create tax-free income in the future. I want you to speak to that a little bit and talk about uh, you've got a whole section in your book uh, about that technique. Yeah, so, so historically what people do when they buy life insurance is they buy as little life, pardon me, they buy as much life insurance as the, as the, as the IRS allows you to have for as little money as possible. And, and you and I, Doug, know, know of that as term insurance, right? So you go out and you go to Quotesmith or what have you and say, okay, what's the least, lowest price I can get for $500,000 of insurance? Now, what you and I are talking about now is the polar opposite of that. Uh, what we're doing is we're saying, let's buy as little life insurance as the IRS requires of us, and let's stuff as much money into it as the IRS allows us to. And when we do it, uh, we, and then we do it the right way, and it's a properly structured, what I call life insurance retirement plan, if it's structured properly, then it can mimic all of the tax-free benefits of the Roth IRA without any of the downside. What are the downsides? Well, remember with the Roth IRA, you can only put in 5500 or 6500 per year, depending on your age. Um, if you don't have earned income, you can't, uh, you can't do it. Uh, another thing that I would tell you is that the Roth IRA could have a much shorter shelf life, meaning if they ever were to uh, take away the Roth IRA, you would likely be able to keep what's in there, but you would lose the ability to contribute to it. Um, the LIRP, or a properly structured life insurance uh, policy that's used to sort of mimic the tax-free benefits of a Roth IRA, um, does not have any contribution limits. In fact, I've got clients that do 50, uh, 50 bucks a month. I've got clients that do 200000 per year and everywhere in between. Um, there are no income limitations. Even Bill Gates can do an LIRP. Um, even if you're retired and don't have any income at all, you can do an LIRP. And um, historically, if, you know, if history serves as a model, if they were to ever change the rules on the LIRP, you would likely be grandfathered, meaning um, they changed the rules on the LIRP uh, in 82, 84, and 88, and every time they change it, they said uh, simply whoever has this bucket of money before the rule gets changed gets to keep it and continue to put money into it for the rest of their uh, uh, rest of their lives under the old rule. And so we have what feels in every single way like a Roth IRA, um, but doesn't operate under that same section of the IRS tax code. It, it operates under a completely different section of the IRS tax code, one in which you don't kind of have to endure the, the traditional constraints. And so I, I think where this becomes controversial is people say, well, what, what, what's the point, what's the, what's the percentage of my money that's actually going towards expenses? And here's the funny part, Doug, that most people don't recognize. If it's structured properly, your average expense per year over the life of the program is going to be, at, be about 1.5% of your bucket. Now, if you were to go out and look at any traditional Roth IRA or 401k, and you really dug deep in the prospectus, you would find that the all-in expense is at least 1.5%. So I tell people all the time, the moral of the story here is that whatever road you take in life, somebody's making 1.5%. The question is, what are you getting in exchange for that 1.5%? And at least with the LIRP, that Properly Structured Life Insurance Program, 
you, uh, you're getting something useful in exchange for your 1.5%. You're getting uh, a life insurance death benefit, which it, in many cases, most companies these days will, will also give you your death benefit in advance of your death for the purpose of paying for long-term care should you need it. So you're actually getting something useful in exchange for that 1.5%. So it's a, it's a program that when, when complemented by all of the other tax-free strategies that we've talked about can mathematically really push you much further ahead than where you'd otherwise be. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the the cost side of things because that is a myth out there that it's it's expensive and it's a fee uh, laden and and it's really not. But you've got to construct these policies properly. You just can't throw money into any kind of a life insurance policy. I'm going to give you an example of what I've done for for myself and my wife and for several clients. <clears throat> you you have to have a cash value type life insurance policy, which means you got to use a whole life policy or a variable life policy, or an index universal life policy, or a universal life. I prefer the indexed universal life policy myself. And the reason being is I get the upside of the stock market, but I don't get any of the risk of the downside of the stock market. So several years ago, I designed one for me, and I designed one for my wife. And the bottom line is we're putting about $20,000 a year into this policy, both of us. And uh, it's constructed in such a way that it, is, it limits uh, the death benefit uh, according to the IRS guidelines because you've got to stay within certain IRS guidelines on this. And by the time she and I are 70 years of age, we'll each be taking out about $70,000 apiece in tax-free income for the rest of our life pretty much. Uh, because it's an index UL, we get the potential for double-digit returns. And as long as the market keeps going up like it has been, that's what we've been getting. But more importantly, when the market drops and goes down, which it will at some point in time, we preserve our cash value. It does not go down with uh, with the market. And if this is something that you're hearing for the first time right now and you want more information about uh, uh, this type of program, Give us a call at the office. It's 336-391-3409. Now, David, let me get you back in here and get your thoughts on uh, on this type of vehicle. Well, you know, Index Universal Life, There's, like you said, there's a lot of different ways to approach it. Um, the whole life tends to be a little bit more conservative. You're looking at maybe 3 to 5% rates of return. Um, variable life, you can get higher rates of return, but like you mentioned, Doug, you have the downside of the market, and that can be very dangerous with these types of programs and you know, for reasons we can't really get into right now. But if you're going to do a program like this, you've got to have a way to protect against market downturn and capture the upside of the market. And so um, you know, I tell people all the time, if you can average between 7 and 9% without taking any more risk than what you're accustomed to taking in your savings account, that can be a very safe and productive way uh, to grow your money, and you know, as you approach retirement, you're dealing with end of the life, you know, the rest of your life money. So you can't really gamble with that money. And so the whole idea is that you can't go into hibernation. You can't put it in the savings account because you're not going to keep up with inflation. But you've got, so, so you've got to have a way to get safe and productive growth. And the the IUL or what we call the index universal life can be a, a reasonable way to get the types of returns that you hope to get to keep ahead of of inflation without. Uh, without the downside uh, risk of 2008 happening all over again. You know, when I um, when I build a policy for somebody, I I, tr- I use an illustration based on about a six six and a half percent return. Um, we we all we know 
we can't guarantee you what the future is going to be. We don't know what the market's going to do. But knowing full well over the last 30 years, these policies, if they're constructed right and you buy buy the policy from a, from a very good insurance company uh, that has designed their, their policy to do this thing, we know for a fact that they've averaged pretty close to 9% over that period of time. So I feel pretty comfortable showing somebody what six six and a half percent uh, can do, and you're right. If we get seven and eight uh, percent over time, then uh, then we've got something that uh, that really uh, is going to be powerful for people in the future. David, I really want to thank you for coming on the show again today. You've uh, expressed some important concepts uh, for our our listeners. Uh, the idea of how to get to a zero percent tax bracket. I want to give folks your uh, web address again. It's www.thepowerof0percent.com. You can get a lot of good information if you go on that website. We've got information on our website, too, on thewealthguardians.com. There's free resources there. We've got a white paper uh, up there about uh, Roth IRAs and and tax-free strategies. Well, this has been the Wealth Guardians radio program on 94.5 WPTI, the Piedmont's news, talk, and sports station.